to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. What's going on? Welcome to another episode of EST, the podcast for established church leaders by established church leaders. That's not just pastors. Any established church leader is, of course, welcome to the discussion, and we value your opinion. My name is Josh King. I'm a pastor in central Arkansas, a little town called Conway, and uh, I'm joined by my good friends and co-host, Mike Fries and Sam Rayner. How are you guys? Happy fall. I was going to say the happy fall, y'all. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I don't know if it's fall where you guys are, but it is not fall yet. I don't care what the calendar says. It's Technically, it is. And Tennessee. Saturday, so I was floating down this river, the beautiful Buffalo National River. And uh, at this one point, this cold wind came through and kind of pulled off a number of you no know, dead leaves. And they just kind of floated down to the river. It was divine it was amazing just the feeling of fall coming in and then you know a few minutes later i was sweating to death and sunburnt but uh, i mean it's coming say by cold and i'm curious what you exactly mean by cold i just <laughs> just the wind. way it is you know it, it you're either hot or you're cold i don't you know people are like texans do this so i'll, I'll make fun of them I'll like oh you think it's hot there it's really hot like I, you're hot or you're cold you just are so, <laughs> you don't have to compete are, in that our um our rainy season ended early, so that was good. Yeah, yeah. You got some good it's, flowers it, and stuff. Yeah, Florida, the city of or the state of flowers. <laughs> I said flowers. We always have flo- flowers here. We In have my yard. Rain here too. comes my yard guy. Of course, uh, <laughs> right on time. Recording. That's awesome. <laughs> so we're talking about being competitive with our weather. You know. That's one of the things I – that's a pet peeve of mine when people are like, oh, we have way more rain than y'all or we're way hotter than humidity. But but we all know the little things annoy you, Josh. Yes, that's right. Josh I mean, yeah, I've got quite a few pet stuff. peeves. <laughs> um, so, in other but, words, let's all pray for Jackie. <laughs> she shares them. She agrees. Because um, <laughs> she has to. She's a godly she lives, woman. She lives she, with you. She's she well-educated. Because um, I tell her all this stuff. So, let's talk about being competitive though. Um, not in weather because that's ridiculous. You have nothing to do with that. What about other things you have nothing to do about? And really my curiosity here is uh, I feel like that we have acted like competition is a sin to the point that the good of competition has – and I don't know. I, 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 I told you guys before the show started that I don't have a, uh, a just a cemented down view on – Christian competitiveness, but I do think that there has to be some redeemable values to it. So I don't know, just off the top of your head, competition, what do you think about it? Well, I mean, when the disciples were jockeying for who's going to be first in the kingdom of God, I don't think that kind of competition is good. Well, that was clearly bad. Yeah. Um, You know, but I also think that you can, uh, a healthy, healthy is the key word, healthy level of competition makes you better. Is, is competition what, you know, scripture has in mind when it says spur one another on toward good works. I don't work. think so. No, you I don't, don't think, think that's so? competition. No, I, I, in fact, I think it's, I think that Hebrew, Hebrew text there, I mean, it, the book of Hebrews there is really specifically 
appointed, right? Like when we gather together, that whole text is about Mm -hmm. not not forsaking the gathering of yourselves together so that we might compel one another to both love and good deeds. First, so I think there, I think Josh, what you're describing is um, maybe less, I mean, the positive thing that you're describing is maybe less competition and more sort of desire for the kingdom of God to expand, right? So you're not trying to necessarily, because competition inherently means someone wins and someone loses. Mm-hmm. All of competition has been around, is built around the idea that someone wins and someone loses. In that sense, we don't want that to happen, right? We want the churches around us to succeed. And I, and I don't know that you could, comp- you could um, use competition as a means of pushing someone toward deeper love, right? Compel one mm-hmm. another to love and good deeds. I don't think that competition can get you to deeper love. Okay. But I do think there is a sense where we can look at one another and be compelled, right? So right. I would say compelled maybe is a better is a better biblical paradigm than competing. Well, yeah, let me... but M- Micah, you may be biblical in what you're saying, but it's a whole lot less fun. <laughs> it is. I, <laughs> I mean, we basically just that. got a little sermon right there and it ruined the podcast. <laughs> no, it was all Hebrew. I think he plagiarized all that Hebrew. Uh, it was not Hebrew. It was the book of Hebrews. <laughs> well, let's go There's to the Bible. Let's go to the Bible. Let's see what the inerrant word of God yes. says. <laughs> Listen. And here's what it says. And now it's like, well, we can't. This subject Listen, matters. I feel like we're competing for airspace. No, but here's the but, point, right? Yeah. The point is... When we see others who are succeeding in the kingdom, mm-hmm. it's going to create one of two responses. I think one's godly, one's not, right? One is, oh my gosh, look how they're doing. We've got to make sure that we're better than they are, right? Mm-hmm. I would say that's not necessarily a healthy, biblical, godly response. I would say on the other side, we look at them and we go, oh my gosh, man, we're celebrating what they're doing. We want to do better, not in the sense that we're we're making them lose and us win. We want to do better in the sense that we want to see our church succeed in a more effective manner. Does that make sense? It does. Like one is at the expense of the other. The other is in partnership with the other. Right. And so that's kind of, I really do see it nuanced. I, you've heard me probably say, I, I don't like the concept of cheering against somebody else. I always, I teach my sons, you cheer for your team you don't cheer against another team. So I, I can't say well, that when, when it comes watch. to Florida state, I do cheer against them. Yeah. See, I don't, <laughs> I don't cheer against anybody because of are, this. Are you, was that a little poke at, at the Seminoles? At the Florida state. Oh, I'm glad to poke against the Seminoles. <laughs> I mean, that would be my because, pleasure to do so. Because this is, this is kind of, I mean, we have more Gators than we do Seminoles in my church, but you, you better watch your language. Literal yeah. gators. <laughs> Literal gators. My dad is a Seminole fan. Bring all the Seminole hate you want. I'll give you my email address. Send it my way. <laughs> so, <laughs> this this brings up another topic though. Is competition inherently evil? So, are we allowed to be to the level we are for our baseball teams or football teams or, or whatever? So, I've got two kind of things here, but circling back to what you said, Micah, there, I think that there is a level of competition that's not like at the expense of another person. That I don't agree with. That I don't ever think is good. The so, other one, though, is I want to be better. And so I'm learning from my competition. This is me um, maybe being uber nuanced. I don't know. And y'all just can make fun of me and get mad at me if you want. It's fine. I don't know that there's ever space for competition using that specific word mm-hmm. that can honor the Lord because okay. competition by definition requires winners and losers. 
I don't know Maybe. any. I, I don't I mean, think it does. To I compete it, is to is to beat it's somebody. To be better. I'm, no, it's not just it's to be standard. better. standard. That's to compel. To to compete means there is a winner and a loser by definition. Like you, you can't you can't compete if if somebody doesn't lose. I don't know. Mm. I really I mean, don't. I'm, I'm literally pulling up the definition as well. Yeah, I mean, I think you should. <laughs> but I think there's going to be a but, definition hey, word, then there's just going to be the but way we use it. Here's the thing. This is why we need to have this discussion, and this is right. why it's of value to our listeners. It's because really if good. we're all sitting here going, the three of us, and we're friends. I mean, That's we're right. close. And we we're are. definitely pulling for each other. I mean, That's right. And if and if we're sitting here going, ah, I don't know, with each other, yeah. then this is a serious issue. Well, and so this is my point. I, I, I Ultimately, I'm with you guys. I would just tweak the language a little bit. I absolutely yeah. think we look around at other churches, we cheer them on as they succeed, and we think to ourselves, we can do better. Our church, we ask this question nearly every day, right? Like, how can we do this better than we've done it in the past? How can we do it more effectively? How can we reach more people? That's good. That's God-honoring. My beef is really just with the word competition because so, I don't think you can use the word competition. If, if without you compete a loser. with yourself, does that mean you lose? I don't think I'm competing with myself. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just. Being, I mean, I'm, and I really that, am that being, one's I'm, that one is for this seminal comment yeah, right there. Well, you know, <laughs> go Gators, always and forever. I was there's a there's a Seminole fan on our staff, and I asked her yesterday if she was getting tired of the Seminoles this year and wanted to become a Gator fan, and, and I think she said. I would rather throw up for 24 hours straight than be a Gator fan. I think where you live, there's a lot more people that are trying to jump off of another bandwagon. There is like, another orange-colored bandwagon. Uh, they're not jumping off. Orange. I will give them this. I'll give them And they're this. holding on. Nobody's jumping off the bandwagon. They want to They want to push some other people off the bandwagon. Right. Same thing here in the natural they're state. They're not jumping off. So here's a couple of nuances here that I really want to talk about. It's the... The competition between church leaders and other churches, I think that's something we just need to bring out to the light and not pretend like it's not there, not pretend like there is not some detriment to it, and we can quit acting like others aren't doing that. Then there is this level of spurring one another on, and I think we can even talk about it from personal things. I want to – so when you have – let's just give some sort of example here. Um, let's say, Micah, your um, your church is averaging a certain percentage of small group participation. Right. Um, I look at that and say, I want to be better than that. I want sure. to try to be better than that. I want I want Brainerd and West Bradenton to do amazing, and I want to be better than that. So yeah. I learn from you guys and spur one another on and. A lot of times we're not better, but and see, I think that's, that's how we get better. I'm totally down with that, Josh, and that's why I would use the word compel over compete. Okay. Uh, and 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 again, it's nuanced. And man, I'm tra- I'm probably being too picky, but I just you know like words matter. And and I, to me, you're being provoked, right, mm-hmm. toward effectiveness, toward efficiency, toward doing things in such a way so that people are reached and God's glory is advanced. Uh, and that never happens when other churches do poorly. Right. Mm-hmm. If the goal is make disciples glorify God, then a church doing poorly is is always a net loss to the that, kingdom. Right. Right. On in our the team. kingdom. Yeah. So we want to compel one another. My concern, I think, with the competition word in particular is there is a lot of unhealthy, ungodly, unbiblical competition that exists in a lot of pastors' lives. Sure. You know what I mean? So what we need to do is parse the word enough. To, and parse the concept enough to be able to affirm compelling one another, provoking one another, pushing one another, and disavow trying to sort of look at everybody as winners and losers, good guys and bad guys. So do you think there's any um, danger to the way that we 
relate to one another, treat one another when it comes to our sports teams or our cities or whatever those other things that we actually are in quote unquote competition. Yeah. I mean, um, yes. Okay. So to answer your question, are we in danger? Of course we are. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and I watch sports enough to know that every single sporting event we watch, there are awful examples of inhumane, ungodly behavior from sports fans in the name of affinity for their teams. Right. And if I'm honest enough, I, sh I mean, if I'm honest, I've got to say there have been times when I've engaged in that kind of behavior myself personally. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yes, of course, we're in danger. We have to acknowledge that we have to push away from that. Um, but that doesn't mean that competition. OK, so if a team, if a football team wins and a football team loses, that's not a net positive or negative necessarily for the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. If a church wins and another church loses, that's potentially not a net positive for the kingdom of God, right? Right. So we can root for teams to win and lose in sports. And I mean, I do, I, you know, I root for uh, Sam's Rays to lose at the expense of my Royals. <laughs> and I want your Rangers to lose at the expense of my Royals, you know? And I mean, I want... Okay, this uh, isn't fair yeah. because you know that my, the yard guy is right by my window <laughs> and I'm on mute until he passes I was by. waiting to see how long you would keep your mic <laughs> muted, Sam. Is, I thought we were going to get a hear the, full of lawn guy. Yes. Buzzing in the background. No, I can't hear it this time. Okay, well, that's, I can't that's hear it good. This time. No, that's but it, but here's my point. Like, I, I I don't think it's problematic because those are not necessarily the way athletes behave and the way we behave can be redemptive or not in the sports arena. But whether our teams win and lose is no necessarily no redemptive value with re relative to the kingdom of God. The church, however, does right. Churches need to succeed. If they preach the gospel, if they're trying to glorify God, if they're trying to make disciples, they all need to succeed. Every church around my church who's doing those things needs to succeed, and I want to cheer for them to succeed. Right. But I also want to succeed, and in, in, in I, I know we may have some listeners who even take issue with the succeed language, right? But I right. think we know what, what I mean. What I mean mm -hmm. by that is succeeding Effective. in the sense of making this. Making disciples glorifying God, those sort of things need to, to happen. And that's why I don't get worked up necessarily about, you know, I know some folks don't like the top 100 fastest growing church list or the top 100 mm -hmm. largest churches in America list, of which our very own Josh King and Second Baptist Conway was on the list this past year. Well, what? And I'm very excited. Big time. Little, sh yeah, little shout out to my friends down in Jackson, Mississippi, where I was interim pastor and a it, few and years it's ago. Such, it's such a shame because Micah would have been number 100, but because Josh was on the list, Micah <laughs> yeah, got <that's> right. pushed <laughs> off. I got knocked off. But I do want to, hey, shout out to First Baptist Jackson, man, they've yeah, got a new pastor, and they've seen uh, they've seen, they're on that hundred fastest growing list too. Right. So that's exciting. So I don't have a problem with those lists because they compel me, they encourage me. Now there is an issue if you have a sense of inadequacy, right? Like it, we've talked about the emotional issues mm -hmm. that pastors have. If you're driving your identity and your purpose from your ability to pastor the church and see the church grow, then those lists become a problem for you right? because they feed your ego or they strike at your ego and they, you know, they cause all sorts of issues as far as that's concerned. Um, but if your identity is in Christ, then you see Josh King and second Conway on that list and you celebrate praise right. the Lord. Like we mm -hmm. want that to happen. Now, how can we see more? growth happen at Brainerd and West Bradenton and all of the other churches that are what listening. If, what, what if it's Liberty Baptist playing 
Brigham Young. Is that a kingdom issue at no, that point? No. You know, Baptist. No, it's a football game. Okay. It's well, here's the other deal about that. The I mean, all cards on the table. I rooted for the Catholics over Georgia this past weekend, right? <laughs> so, I mean, I'm a Florida fan. I, I don't I don't get this conference hype. Like, I don't care I if the SEC that. succeeds or not. That. I want my rivals to die. I want them all to get pounded. You can't cheer for your conference. You don't cheer for your it's rivals. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yes, so. No. So okay, also, let me let me ask let me ask a question in the American context. Yeah, uh, I am a free market capitalist mm-hmm. uh, philosophically. Um, now, is that a biblical issue? Yeah, probably not. There may be some things that would be implications of free market capitalism that would become a biblical issue. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that the Bible says that we have to be free market sure, capitalists. Sure, of nation. course, that's right. Um, but that being said, I'm, I feel pretty strongly about it. Uh, free market capitalism is all about competition, competition that's right. and the best um, idea and the best product and the best economy rises to the top. I mean, that's, that's the right. whole definition. So, as a free market capitalist and as a pastor, what does that mean for me? I mean, am I am I going to look through things with the wrong filter? Is that is that a problem in our in our society in, in the American context for all of us free market capitalists out there? I think you certainly could. I think I, got... frankly, I want to crush the socialists. Sure, <laughs> you, you know i i have I, I I have no desire for for that kind of philosophy to be in our nation. Now, I love them, and if they love Jesus, praise God, we're going to serve the kingdom together. But I, I don't. I don't want that philosophy in our nation. So that's competition. Yeah. So uh, ironically, ironically, I'm competing with the socialists. That and I've kind of set this up in a strange way. But but here's um, here's what I think. You're, so what is that? But what does that mean for our churches? Because I guarantee you, there's a lot of free market capitalists in our yeah. in our listeners' churches, and probably some socialists too. And I would probably the majority are free market capitalists. I would say, look, free market capitalism rewards good ideas, right? And I think as culture shifts, churches. Obviously, the gospel that we declare never shifts, but the methodology that we employ has to moderate or shift from uh, from epoch to epoch as we sort of see culture um, transforming. And so we're going to walk to Ewok epoch. Oh, epoch. Okay. You're the one with the PhD. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not. And, so. and, and <laughs> what we've all learned is that doesn't mean squat. <laughs> well, um, but here's my point. So new ideas are important. In with respect to the kingdom of God, right? Like we need continued new ideas, new mechanisms to um, to be able to reach people with the gospel. So in that sense, I would say free market capitalism can be a huge benefit. But the kingdom of God is not equivalent with free market capitalism, right? And I, you've already affirmed that. So I would say as with any ideology that's not equivalent with the kingdom of God, it has potential to shipwreck your, you know, gospel work. And free market capitalism, if it compels you to constantly root against the people you don't like or the people you disagree with, even though they may share the same belief in the gospel as you, then I think it becomes dangerous. I think it was, um, uh, I don't remember who it was, maybe Scott Saul, someone on Twitter a few months ago said, as a follower of Jesus, if I'm a Republican Christian, I should have more affinity with Democrat Christians than I do Republican non-believers. And I would say to you, as a free market capitalist, you should have more affinity and identification with Christians who are maybe employing or espousing a socialist philosophy than you do free market capitalists who don't share your gospel perspective. 
Bro, that's yeah, I, I hear you and I agree words. with you, but that's really hard, Mike. I don't, I don't disagree wanna, with that. At I don't want to do that. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with that either. And and I would say here's the problem for us as Americans, right? Like we politics and political ideology may be the single biggest lens through which we view the world. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. so it is unfortunate, but it's the reality. Like we affinity, our affinity towards our political ideology and our political affiliation identity is far stronger, I think, than our. In fact, I guarantee you, there are some people right now listening to this asking the question: Well, can you be a Christian and socialist? Like, are those possible? Mm -hmm. Or a Democrat, even? Right. So there's a guy around the corner of my from my house who has a big sign. You, you guys know church signs that often have awful sort of slogans on them. He has mm -hmm. one of those signs in his front yard. True story. Wow. Just to troll There's the neighbors? Two sides. Honest to goodness is truth. Right now on one side I of it. I already love this guy. <laughs> on one side of it right now, his sign says, if, if, if loving America makes you a racist, I am one. Mm -hmm. And on the other side of it, it says, can you be a liberal and a Christian? Wow. So, here, so there, there's red herrings all over that. Oh, side. incredibly. So like they're all over the place, but <laughs> it's a good like that without red herring. It's a good indication to me of how we've misunderstood the gospel and political ideology and all of those things, right? Like I would more readily and comfortably identify as a racist than a liberal who loves Jesus. Now I may not disagree. I may not agree with someone who holds those ideologies, but again, this is Jew. I mean, this is, um, this is, uh, Galatians, like, are we mm -hmm. adding to what it means to be a follower of Jesus? Jesus is alone the necessary requirement for someone to walk with Christ. Like my belief and trust in Christ and the gospel is sufficient. Beyond that, Listen, everything else you, is secondary. Yeah. No one wants to be a Judaizer. Um, right, right. Certainly. Um, so, okay. What do we do with the – okay. So, let's assume – and this may be a very bad assumption, but let's assume our hearts are pure. Let's yeah. assume that, okay, Mine I'm is. approaching and this not, from – But that's okay. I'm just – okay. Let's just let's – just, Let's just say that we can get this right. <laughs> okay, and sure, we're, sure. We're compelled. We're not being competitive, but we really want to compel each other on, as, yes. as Micah has said. Yes. What do we do with the church that, like, the big mega church that's planting a campus down the road from us and puts a giant sign in your church parking lot and multiple <laughs> other signs? Because this has happened to us and says, you don't want to come to this church. You want to go to Wait our church. They put signs in their parking – in your parking lot that said, don't mm -hmm. come to this church? Yeah, there's a particular denomination. They call themselves non-denominational, but yeah, they're but not. They um, they're a denomination. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, anyway, I, I'm not going to go there with who they are, but that's one of their tactics. Okay, so here's what I would say to that. I think we have every right to resist that because that's the exact opposite of what we're describing, right? That's not we want all churches to succeed who preach the gospel and love Jesus because that's a net positive for the kingdom. That's our big yeah, question if, we're having to ask. What I, is I know, a net but if you resist it. If you resist it, you're the bad guy. They, they, no. You're like, well, aren't you? Aren't you kingdom people? I mean, it, no, so they you, no. That's where up. you respond to them and say, no, you're not kingdom people. You're telling us that our church doesn't is an inappropriate place for people mm -hmm. to go. I know, mm -hmm. but do you know how many playground fights have been in that that begin this way well, with I, I other pastors? That. I mean, I, I mean, get that. But I mean, this you is, know, I would just say in that approach, you just post something under the sign that says. We're not cool exactly. with either one or something. Not really. Like <laughs> you post something under the sign that says not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> not really. Not exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's, know, we, that is excessive, man. That's unbelievable. Hey, this church stinks. Come to our church. Right. Well, and, and I forget exactly what it said, but it, it was basically 
um, and it was right before my time, so it wasn't. I wasn't there. I'm, I'm learning this through through my church. Um, but basically, it was, um, you know, uh, hey, we're we're launching something new. Maybe it's for you or something. You, right. you know, it was. It, it wasn't. It right, wasn't. Right. It wasn't blatant, explicit. But still, well, um, I've seen things like um, finally a church in city state right, that, right. Um, that preaches is, the gospel. Is for or something, yeah, or something for like you. that. This and is this is on both sides church. of it. It's not just like the seeker churches, which right, I think sure. a lot of people immediately assume. It's also those Oh, no, who, the real theologically minded churches do the same thing, right? All like the everybody time. who doesn't take theology as seriously as we do is not really preaching the gospel. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. And I've even seen it, and I'll tell you a way that this this comes out, it's, it's more nuanced, but when you have these lists of, I wouldn't go to a church that doesn't have these things, and they right. list out those things, that's the exact same thing right. as if somebody made a list that says, I won't go to a church that doesn't have a playground and great coffee and, you know, free bagels. But see, this is going back to, back to your question, Sam. Like the barometer for us is what helps serve the church and what helps bless the kingdom. And when a church is sitting in front of your church saying something like, finally, you know, a church that preaches the gospel or a church that, you know, whatever, that's a net negative for the kingdom. And I think we have a right to say, guys, we want to support and encourage your church, but it can't be at the expense or, or even if it's at the expense of us losing people, that's one thing. It's not okay to sort of dismiss our church as not loving the Lord or not advancing the gospel or something like that. I mean, that's a net negative. That's not a positive for the kingdom. Exactly. I don't know. So that, I would say this, though. We kind of went through it, but in fact, I do. Sorry, let me ahead. say one more thing, Josh. I would say to Sam's point, that's the example of unhealthy competition that I think does not benefit the kingdom, right? Like they're mm -hmm. arguing you guys are a failure and we're a success. So come to our church because it's successful. Mm -hmm. That's unhealthy competition. Yeah, I would say anytime, anytime, um, and I would call this a universal principle, your target is somebody else, another church's congregation. Yes, that's, that's right. right. Absolutely. I'm, a, I'm in 100% agreement with that. And the only exception that I could potentially make is a theological or a right, doctrinal issue. Right, but even right. then, that doesn't need to be your target. You know, you may readily receive people, sure, that's but right. you don't need to be actively poaching that's right. on anybody's congregants for any reason, whatever. And one of one of my biggest pet peeves are these. Um, there's and I say this as a big supporter of church plants, huge supporter of church plants. But if you're planting a church. By taking a group of people from one church and moving them across right. the street. Yeah, that's right. That's not a church plant. Um, without their and, permission. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, basically doing something that amounts to preferences. Right. You're not a church planter. You're a church pirate and yeah. you're stealing people. Church poacher. Pirates. Yes. Mm -hmm. Hey, actually, I, th I think I do like pirates because you know that's kind of a thing down here in Florida, particularly we, we, where we are. So I don't, I don't want to demean pirates too much. <laughs> For our pirate <laughs> listeners, Sam didn't mean it. I, I know. Yeah. And w w actually, <laughs> we we have it. we have a we have uh, we have one church member, and they are just amazing people. But their whole house is basically a pirate ship. Wow. Um, like wow. everything about it. That's and cool. oh no, it Hashtag is Florida it is, man. It is awesome. Yeah, I'd it love is, to see I, I love this, – this is what I love about my people. This is what I love about my Florida. People. This is what I love about my church. You go over to visit somebody and you get to – and you just get to hang out in a pirate ship. So, it's many awesome. seashells. So, I will say this though. The um, competition that happens on sporting level, I think we need to be careful the way we carry that out. I don't think we need to be demeaning or hurtful towards other people. That's sure. something that sure. I think you need to – because it does fall into – 
I don't know. I can't get well, into specifics. I can tell you. This, I mean, but... uh, yesterday was a good example, Josh. You and I both talked about this, right? Like, um, you're not an Arkansas fan. I'm not a Tennessee fan. In fact, Tennessee is a major rival to my team. Mm-hmm. And uh, my team played Tennessee over the weekend and won and won big. There wasn't a snowball's chance I was going to say a word about it in the in the services yesterday. Right. A snowball's chance in West Texas, I should have said. There wasn't a snowball's chance in West Texas that I was going to say a thing about it yesterday. <laughs> so, do you like that? I do like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't going to say anything about it. Why? Because that, I mean, that'd be the least pastoral thing I could do just because my football team won. Now, look, I'm glad my football team won and I love to see them smack down Tennessee. I mean, it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. But that's insignificant. That's minor, right? Like I'm a pastor to people in the state of Tennessee. I'm not going to. I'm not going to, you know, strike out at them. And uh, it's yeah, just, it's I mean, bad because just because it's in the sports arena, <clears throat> right. it doesn't negate the whole like, uh, let no unwholesome thing come to your mouth or yeah. build up or edify all these sort of things. And it, it doesn't matter if it's your church. It doesn't matter if it's your buddy. I mean, I just, I think that there's a way to play the game without trying to hurt one another. And yeah. so um, do that. But I, I'm an avid um, sports fan for my teams, and I love cheering them on and stuff like this. But I don't want to see the other quarterback break hurt, his leg. Yeah, I don't want right. to see you disappointed. I, I mean, I don't. I want to if Texas plays Florida. I want Texas to win, yeah. but I don't want you to be humiliated in some yeah. way. So I think that there's some. What would you guys say? We don't have a probably enough time to even unpack this, but there are going to be some folks, and this brings up what you're talking about, Sam, with the the campus down the street. And this is something I felt in Dallas. It's not so much competition, but I get it from minister to minister. We're not competing. We're on the same team. I get that. But for the people who are visiting churches, you are competing, quote unquote, for their attention or their um, time. And there are situations in which the campus is coming in or the mega is as adding and building. And if you're a smaller church, you're really struggling with these feelings of I can't compete, right? We can't right. And compete. I would I would say don't. Don't don't try. That's right. I think. Um, well you, you gotta know. pay bills. Well okay I okay so let me let so me that struggles with let I'm me take about. the last thirty seconds. I'll give Micah some time too um about what, what I mean by this. Um, you, you're not going to be able to compete with a megachurch if you're a small church on megachurch terms. You, you need to be who you are and figure out a ministry that that fits what you need to do in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a tough issue. Uh, and frankly, I guess the only time maybe competition comes in is a new believer to town, and they're just looking for a church, right? And somebody's going to get the new believer as a member, and somebody's not. Um, so maybe maybe that's one case where you are kind of competing. And I think Micah, his spirit would be right, and well, let's compel each other, let's not compete. Um, but it is it is more difficult for smaller churches because larger churches just get more guests because everyone goes and checks it out. Yeah. Right. But I would I would argue to the smaller church you can be more nimble, you can be more flexible, uh, you can be more thoughtful, uh, you can uh, be more um, personal on a personal level. Uh, so there are things that smaller churches can do uh, that a larger church by design can't because you're going to walk into a giant space. And though first impressions at large churches can be good, it's still not the same feel as walking into a small church where everybody, you know, surrounds you and welcomes you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just say uh, for the smaller churches, uh, every guest is an absolute treasure um, and, and you need to make every effort. You, you actually, as a smaller church, you have to be better than the larger church because if you walk into a small church, you expect people to greet you and say hello and treat you like family. You walk into a large church, there's a level of an expectation that you're going to be a bit anonymous. So mm. you got to be on your A game if you're a smaller church, but I think it's an opportunity as well. 
Yeah, I, I would just affirm what I would affirm what Sam says. When you're a smaller church, um, you can get frustrated and you can get angry. Uh, I mean, I certainly get all of those things. I don't know that it's going to be productive for you. I don't know that mm-hmm. it's going to help you at all. But um, I think Sam's right. I think know what you do well and focus on it. And uh, you're not going to be all things to all people. You know, you're not going to be able to do and have awesome worship ministry and a killer preaching and great kids ministry and awesome student ministry and awesome facilities and, you know, weekday programs for moms. I mean, you can't do all of those things, but figure out what you do and do well and um, and just do that, you know, mm-hmm. live in that. That's all the time we have for today. I got to get off of here so I can go prepare way better sermons than Micah and Sam. But we're glad that you are listening. Check us out on iTunes, subscribe on Spotify, and we'll chat with you next week. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening.